I used to think that um, the difference between mentally ill people and um, <laughs> people who are not considered mentally ill was just the external lifestyle. Because I, I personally believe everybody's fucking crazy. I think if you are past the age of 30, in this human experience, this universal human experience, there's something about your psyche, about your mental, uh, I don't know what the fuck you call it, your mental homeostasis that's fucked up. I think you're crazy because that's what life does to people. You know what I mean? You see it every day. You see it in different expressions, but it's insanity. You know, there's people who are extremely uh, conscientious and put together and so much so that they have achieved great success in what would be considered a traditional um, American life. You know what I mean? Like they have success at home. They have success uh, with their uh, businesses or in the workspace, whatever you want to call it. They got the money. They have people that, you know, give them credit for what they've fucking done. But even those people are fucking crazy. Everybody's crazy some way, you know? Those people have like OCD or, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of people who are highly successful as a defense mechanism for the traumas that are unresolved in their mind. I'm not trying to stick on that. The point of what I'm saying is that I've reformed my distinction between people who are crazy or in society considered mentally healthy. Remember, I think everybody's fucking crazy. Um, now what I think it is, is just, uh, like your stress, your stress threshold. That's what I think it is. I think there's a lot of people who are batshit fucking crazy (laughs) that can handle stress at an abnormal rate. They can handle stress and tolerate stress, uh, way more than the average individual. And so, you know. As they go through life, like everybody goes through life, and you have to deal with the things that life hands to you, which are incredibly surreal at times, you know? We, we learn about these things when we're young. You learn about what adulthood is. It's all this vague explanation about responsibilities and, uh, you know, achieving things and working really hard. But the, the intricacies, we get a little bit of foreshadowing about the actual, what day-to-day being adult is, Right? That no, after a certain age, nobody gives a fuck about you. Nobody cares about you. Horrible, horrible things could happen in your personal life and you still have to wake up and go do what you have to do. That is what adulthood is. And once you get past that, it's almost like you reach a certain level of consciousness where you start to realize nobody gives a fuck. And then you think you grew up and then life really starts handing you what it has. It starts really giving you what it fucking has. And the people who can... Uh, exist in that because we all, I mean, if you're alive, if you didn't fucking kill yourself, you're existing in it. It's life. But the people who can exist in that and they have a higher stress threshold, that's a fucking tongue twister, right? Stress, 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 stress threshold. I fucking hate saying that. There has to be like another, there has to be a synonym for that. Uh, (laughs) They have a higher threshold for stress. That's better. Those people can present as mentally healthy. But I guarantee you those people are crazy as well. You see some of the richest figures in the public space, whether that be politics, uh, you know, business heads, celebrities, and you really inspect personalities 
and you recognize that we are all human and the things that affect people on the bottom level, people who are poor or people who don't have a million eyes on them on a day-to-day basis. You know, there's a lot of people who have a Facebook account or an Instagram account and they are content with having 200 people as friends on those accounts. They're okay with that. There's people who uh, have 100 people. There's people who have 60 people and they just follow people and they're, they're on those sites to, to watch content. That's a reality as well. And those people are human beings. They're alive. You know, they experience the same emotional responses. I wouldn't say the same level of pressure. I would not say they have the same reality. But the universal human experience doles out to all of us the same emotional reactions. Personalities vary. Of course, some people may have certain triggers. They may be angry or predisposition to be sad or predisposition, et cetera, et cetera. But we all have the same palette to fucking paint with on an emotional level. And uh, I really do think people who can tolerate stress at a higher level, the only distinction between them, you know, which would be an apparently mentally healthy, competent, successful individual, enduring individual, somebody who overcomes the odds, who's achieved the American dream, and then like a homeless person on a sidewalk in San Francisco, right? Shooting up because they're just tapped out. They can't deal with life. They need drugs. They can't deal with reality. They need to go to fucking La La Land. They need to put the needle in their arm, go to the dark side of the moon. The difference is just the ability to tolerate stress. It's it's hilarious, you know, when it... <laughs> When you really fucking think about it, right? I think the positive that we can draw from this is that life is what it is. It is what it fucking is. You don't have to get so emotionally attached to the ups and downs. You don't have to get so emotionally attached to the uh, the strangeness of it. The, tran- the constant transition. It is a constant transition. I have a lot. Most of my friends actually don't have children. Most of my friends do not have children. And so there is a level of existence that I'm experiencing, a level of reality that is yet to be revealed to them. You know, what life is actually like. (laughs) When you have children, it becomes very obvious what life is actually about. And it's hilarious. And it's, it's not even something. It's not one of those things that can be expressed to somebody. You know, it's not fucking Christopher Columbus on a voyage and he's looking for India and he's, he has the worst, most profitable mistake in the history of human civilization. In the history of mankind, this guy goes and he's looking for an alternate route to go to India and he lands in the Caribbean. He must have noticed the boat ride was taking fucking long. <laughs> Nobody talks about that. Is there like a manuscript? Is there a journal from when Christopher Columbus was on the ocean voyaging to India? And, you know, he was just going off a hunch or they had like a bad guy fucking navigating the oceans. And he started to fucking, you know, get suspicious. Where was the doubt in that? They, they paint this guy like he was 100% sure and they just land in Hispaniola and he was extremely confident. He just started fucking bitches and killing off the natives, right? I imagine there had to be an intense amount of doubt while he was, <laughs> he was getting fucking lost as shit in the ocean. The point being that he, I imagine after some time after they, you know, they colonized Hispaniola, did a little bit of traveling around the Caribbean. They had the ability to go back to mother Spain and report back and express what this new world was. 
That is not what happens. That's not a possibility when you become a parent. You can tell people. You can try to express to them what the the, the new world is. <laughs> that mostly everybody's going to experience. Most people are going to have children. We do, you know, I exist in a generation where people are waiting a little bit longer. If you didn't have a pandemic baby, I, I can't imagine that you want one now. If you wasn't cooped up in your house, sucking and fucking, watching terrible Netflix movies on repeat during that two-year period where they whipped you in your back and told you to stay home, if you didn't fuck then and have a baby, I can't imagine you want one now. But for everybody that does experience it, it's not like I can go to a friend of mine or to somebody who's not a parent and express to them what this new world is. It just doesn't work like that. It does not fucking work like that. And it, it, it's crazy, man. Um, but even in that world, previous to having a child, even when you're a young person in your young 20s, even when you're a teenager, even when you're a child, the things that separate people, the people who are considered weak or mentally ill or they're not going to make it versus the people who are perceived as successful or strong or all these other things. I, I'm telling you, man, once you fucking realize what life actually is, everybody's crazy. Everybody's crazy. <laughs> you can hide it. You can present whatever you want online. You can tell people this about you. You can show people that about you. But we all have the same emotional palette. You can conquer it. You can learn to control it to whatever extent that you think you're in control of it. You can learn to control your your, your physiological uh, you know, reality, you can control your body, your weight, your strength, you can control your money, you can control your external circumstances, you can move around, you can control how you present yourself. All these things create this perception of health, but we all have emotions and shit happens in life. I really think the only distinction is not all of those things to present to other people, but the reality is, is that certain people can take the stress and digest it at a greater rate than other individuals. I really do believe so. I really do believe so. And then how do you raise that ability to ingest stress? Because that's what life does out for every human being in existence. Um, life is stressful. It's just the nature of what you are. You know, we're not plants. To the knowledge of human beings, plants don't have the same stress response that human beings do. We have places in our brain that produce concepts of fear and uh, anticipation that can be construed as anxiety or chemical reactions in the brain that create fight or flight moments, stress responses, physiological changes to the body. Your body heats up. You start sweating. You get anxiety. Your throat gets dry. These are physical responses that the body has when it's under stress. There's other living creatures all around us that don't have those same responses, you know? But that is the human experience, and we all experience it to a certain extent. It's really about who can handle stress at the greatest rate. It really is, you know? Um, you can go into a deeper consideration and think about, like, nature versus nurture. But I think, you know, most people have the potential, if they hang in there, if they allow themselves to go through whatever troubles that they're going through, and um, find some type of discipline. You can train yourself to learn how to digest stress at a greater rate. The reason I'm, I'm saying this, because I feel like there is this perception with a lot of people. You know, I'm not a fucking guru. I'm just a speculator. I'm just a guy and you're fucking listening to me. You're giving me power 
of influence over you because you're choosing to tune in. And I appreciate that. I'll take that power. Um, why I'm expressing this is because I observe idolization and people, there's this natural thing that happens. It starts to uh, slow down as you get older. But when you're younger, it's like at the height of it. They say it all the time. You know, the youth is easily influenced. When you're young, literally, your brain is in sponge mode. So you're sucking in as much information as possible to try to create the character that you're going to work on sculpting as a young person into adulthood. That is the nature of the human uh, learning process, right? And as you get older, less and less, or supposed to be less and less that you're influenced by external forces and you develop things like critical thought, thinking for yourself, controlling your life, um, et cetera, et cetera, building the life that you want. Uh, I see a lot because of factors like social media, um, the force of the perception of celebrities, the force, the power of the perception of people who are successful, idols in America, not American idol, but you get the fucking point. People who are idolized, people who are deified, people who are considered legendary, you know, great people, accomplished individuals. The perception of these individuals creates this environment where a lot of people, they don't see the humanity in these individuals that they look up to. And while there's nothing wrong as you're developing as a person to look up to anybody that you see fit, you know, you're free, you can do so. There is a huge uh, potential danger in analyzing people that you admire only for their good and washing away all the human qualities. It's unhealthy for those individuals. They, they suffer for that. You know, they lose their humanity. When there's a billion people screaming at them like they're Jesus fucking Christ, that's got to do something to your, your brain. And it's not real. Somebody might have extraordinary abilities or an extraordinary story or an extraordinary uh, um, stress threshold, if I could fucking say that, you know? Ability to tolerate stress, and that's gotten them to a position in their life where a lot of people look up to them. Uh, but they're still human beings. They're still human beings. And I feel like on both sides, for the people who are in extremely successful positions and for the people who um, are not, it would be healthier to take a greater analysis of the similarities of human beings. Very easy to look at somebody and say, okay, this guy jumps four times higher than this other guy. We're going to pay this guy to be an athlete. Very much easy to look at one individual and say, hey, this guy scored 10 times higher than this other fucking guy. <laughs> I don't know why they're taking the same test if you know that's the difference in score. But you get the fucking point. There are people who have a higher ability in certain categories that get them a higher position or status in society. Very true. But what is yet to be analyzed, I think, on a, a more universal level is how similar human beings are and why it's healthier for both parties to understand that the same way somebody who gets embarrassed, who does not have a successful life or, you know, somebody who's in pain that does not have a successful life, somebody who's going through resolving a trauma who does not have a successful life. It's the same emotional responses that somebody who does have the success, you know? Um, and I think the power 
of that is to understand that you can strive for the things. Those things are incredible. But at your core, at your base, it's so important and it's such a healthy lesson to realize that it doesn't matter what you have. You still have to experience this. That is such an important aspect of growing up. I was just talking about, and, and I'm going to try to do it, even though I do think it's impossible. But that's what you learn when you have a kid. That's what you learn when you bring a life into this world. You bring a life into this, or you, into this world and you recognize very quickly, no amount of resource, no amount of privilege, there's no amount of success or accomplishment, no insulated bubble that is going to shield my emotion, my emotional uh, palate, you know, my reactions from the natural fear that you have when you have a baby. When you love, there's no love like it. There is no love like having a fucking child. And I recognize, yes, I want my daughter to have an incredible life. Yes, I want my daughter to. Uh, be educated to the top and be in a safe neighborhood and have all the resources and not have any emotional trauma, not have any physical trauma, uh, be safe and be raised correctly and raise her correctly and have her around trustworthy people. All of those things can be fucking checked on the on the piece of paper. It still is not going to stop the natural emotional reaction, the anticipation, the fear, the anxiety that you have as a parent. You know what I'm saying? And it makes you understand like I'm lucky enough that my daughter does not have to experience what I had to experience even in the very first years of my life, the first couple years of my life. And going forward, it's an understanding of mine that she will never get to experience what I experienced growing up. I'm so grateful for that. I am so grateful for that. That does not quell having those opportunities and that reality does not quell the emotional experience that I, I have to deal with. It's a universal thing that all parents deal with, which is like love and it comes with fear. It comes with a lot of stress. You want everything to work out for your child, you know? And then when people have kids, you know, they, they, they come to realize that and it'll make you lose your mind the first couple of years. It'll make, <laughs> it will make you lose your mind and that's one of the best things that can happen. In this life, you need to lose your mind a couple of times. People don't tell you that as well. People don't tell children that because that's like, you know, you're bursting a bubble. It's more humane to let a child grow up innocent and uh, naturally, slowly come into consciousness that there is a lot about this life that is challenging. And I, I agree with that. You want to keep kids, kids for as long as possible so that they're healthy enough and they have enough positive memories so that when they're shoved into the real goddamn world, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> At very least, their trauma response can be to, you know, think back to their childhood when everything was fine and dandy, right? I agree with this 100%. Um, that being said, um, it, it isn't going to be something that people without children understand, but maybe the concept can be absorbed. That it doesn't matter what you can achieve if you are looking and admiring somebody's life, lifestyle, their way of living, their um, financial success or their business success or whatever ex aspect of somebody's life that you're admiring or you're striving to make your world as, you also have to recognize that none of those things are going to eliminate your reactions. None of those things are going to eliminate uh, 
your emotional ups and downs. Life is life. Life is life for every, you know what I'm saying? And it, I, people have all these fucking self-help books, how to deal with it, how to, you know, become emotionally tolerant, how not to react, how to not to be triggered, yada, 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 yada. I, I really do, you know, my personal belief, once again, you know, you're given the power to listen to me, so uh, you should listen to me. But <laughs> the, my personal belief, it really is how much stress can you tolerate? logically tolerating stress. I'm not taking, I'm not saying taking shit from people for no reason. I'm not saying don't uh, take care of yourself. I'm not saying don't uh, go to therapy if you need to go to therapy or write in a journal if you need to go, you know what I'm saying? Do your fucking hobbies or, you know, meditate, do yoga. I'm not saying don't do anything. I'm not saying don't implement self-help or self-care. I'm just talking about a reality is that regardless of all that stress is still stress and it's a big part of life. It's important. It is important because it's it's not baked out of us yet. We've not advanced or adapted as a species to live without it. And at a micro level, if the whatever controls evolution and adaptation in the human genome has not been intelligent enough to shift us to the next level where we're, we're emotionless or we don't have such fickle reactions to external stimuli you know, such easy fucking triggers, because that's where human beings are right now. In 2023, people are extremely easily triggered emotionally, right? If we've not matured as a species from an evolutionary standpoint, we have to accept that that's part of the human experience. And maybe, you know, on that micro level, it's more intelligent than our conscious understanding. And we still need that for whatever reason. We still need that stress response. So it's important to I think rather than trying to resolve every trauma or trying to reflect and heal or strive to get to a certain status in life where you don't, um, where you think you would not feel the things that you're feeling now, it's more important to come to the realization, however bleak it may feel in the moment, that this is just part of it. Embrace it. Embrace the pain. Embrace the stress. Embrace the embarrassment, the humiliation, the discomfort. It's so fucking healthy to embrace it. It's like the same concept if you were to like take it metaphorically and, and switch that into something in the physical reality outside of like, you know, the psyche. You think about it like working out. I can't imagine anybody who's just trying to work out enjoys it. Maybe some people naturally enjoy that shit. But when you're putting your body through stress or physical discomfort, you have a pain, a physical pain response. That's an easier way to fucking think about it. You develop a higher threshold for stress with your body, and that allows you to push yourself further and further and further. Right? Oh, fuck. I'm getting a call. I'm back. I had to answer the FaceTime. The point of what I was saying, I'm just going to wrap it up because I do want to talk about some other shit. Um, I was just giving a metaphor. You push your body... Uh, when you're doing physical workouts and you create a higher threshold for stress, allows you to push further. doesn't mean the pain ever goes away. Same thing with the emotional and psyche reactions, your emotional reactions to things. Uh, you just learn to endure more and therefore can push yourself more and achieve sh- success in this life or withstand some of the punches that life throws at you. But do understand, even if you are striving for whatever level of success through idolizing somebody or their lifestyle or what they're doing, 
None of that is going to stop the pain. You have to embrace that pain as a part of this life. And the same thing is working out. The more you go through that, you start to crave it. Not in a sadistic way, not in a masochistic way, not wanting to feel pain, but just embracing that aspect of the process of increasing your threshold for stress and therefore reaping the benefits with, you know, in the first example, your body gets in shape and you feel better from a physical standpoint. And the second example, you start to feel more comp uh, confident and you have more mental clarity. You know, you have more uh, ability to withstand and ability to uh, go through your life with a more positive attitude because you you have more stress threshold. You can endure more psychological or emotional stress, which is not something you can control in this life. Things will fucking happen. You can do so and still have a balanced life because you're embracing that that's an aspect of life. Does anybody get the fucking point? I drilled it down. What the fuck else did I want to talk to? I wanted to talk about the craziest video I ever saw. You want to talk about depression, ladies and gentlemen? I'll tell you about depression. Depression is when um, you think you're done with your day. So you want to do something brainless. We all fucking do it. Don't judge me. And you get on your, your phone on this thing that we use to just trip all the fucking chemical responses in the brain. Right to make you feel good and high. I don't know what you do on your cell phone. You're looking at big booty bitches. You're looking at clothes to buy. You're looking at electronics. You're looking at people punch each other in the goddamn face. We all do a little bit of all of it, right? Even if we don't want to, your feed is going to feed it to you. A fucking pig, it's pig slop. Point of this being, I go onto one of the sites that I regularly visit in order to get my my uh, you know weird scrolling high and... Uh, that site is Reddit, and Reddit actually just told me, I think it was yesterday, it was like, happy anniversary, you've been on Reddit for two years. That's fucking depressing. That's, <laughs> that is fucking depressing. You, you know, I, I wanted to go on this site to run away from reality for moments in my day and look at other people and judge them, you know? Idiots that are throwing themselves onto tables with broken glass because they think that's going to take them to uh, the WWE or whatever the fuck dream that they have. Other people kicking each other in the nuts, you know, guys who are, are bros and then they're early 20s and they drink so much on video that they throw up and then they throw up into the cup that they were drinking out of and they drink that too. I watch all that shit to make myself feel better about my goddamn life, right? Weird sense of humor. I was watching this fucking video um, after Reddit got me depressed and was like, yo, you've been doing this for two years. How much shit have you ingested? So I had to process that. Um, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had to use my threshold of stress to say, holy shit, how much garbage have I put in my psyche? How much of my, my internal memory have I filled up with fucking American nonsense? And I, I said, you know, let me tap out again. I'm on Reddit. That's what I'm here for. Let me watch another fucking video. And I saw the craziest fucking video I've ever seen in my goddamn life. It was footage in the past of a NASA shuttle rocket launch. So in the past, uh, the way that they used to do these uh, rocket launches, we all know about rocket launches. It's 2023. You got a guy named Elon Musk. You might, you might have a fucking Tesla in your garage. You might be one of the fucking proud few people who are saving the world. Not really. Um, and you have a Tesla. That guy also has a company called SpaceX where, you know, 
in the spirit of being a big kid, he takes these rockets. He's he's essentially the 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 kid from um, Toy Story. Um, Sid, the the neighbor who's crazy, and he would take the toys. You take Buzz Lightly and you strap him on a rocket, light the rocket up, and just send him to the fucking moon. Right? That's what Elon Musk is doing in real life, and that whole concept of us taking these uh, dildo shaped uh, metallic machines. <clears throat> And putting tons of propane in its ass and, you know, propulsion just shooting it out of a fucking atmosphere into the sky to traverse space or try to find aliens or whatever the fuck they're doing, right? Uh, That's an older concept. And we have a whole national aeronautics um, division. We call them NASA. And they've been doing this for a long fucking time. They've been taking people. And they've been uh, putting them in these metal domes that resemble vibrators. And they've been shooting them into the fucking sky. And ladies and gentlemen, if my description sounds uh, unsafe, if it sounds unwise, if it sounds rudimentary, caveman-like, that's because it fucking is. Because that's where we are as human beings. Yes, we have shiny things that work incredibly. But let's be fucking honest. We still act like Neanderthals. Racism is still alive. War is still alive. We still have to trick people with uh, clever marketing and commercials. Everything is fucking brainwashing and psyops in America. And there's no difference when it comes to our science. There's no difference when it comes to our aeronautics. We're still using propulsion. We're still blowing up shit to send it into the fucking sky to do God knows what. There's this incredible video. And when I say incredible, that's not positive incredible. It's just like your jaw will be fucking slammed open. It's incredible. (laughs) Your jaw would drop the fuck down to the ground like a cartoon. The video was a NASA rocket shuttle launch. They had astronauts in the rocket. And uh, in human American, I wouldn't even say human, in American fashion. They had a crowd. They had a bleachers like a high school football game. <laughs> Watching the fucking launch. It was a crowd of it had to be 120 people. Not humongous. You know, I, I'm, I'm assuming friends and family. A lot of them. Um, actually, I'm sure that there was a lot of friends and family as, as I, I'll continue describing the video. And uh, everything's going beautiful. It's this, this 1960s, 19, early 1970s footage. And... Um, the rocket, uh, they have this uh, huge speakers and they're speaking from, I guess, where they correspond, the base where they correspond messages to the astronauts, to the people who are in the rocket, to those fucking chimps and to the crowd. They're telling them what's going on. So they do the T minus one or whatever the fuck it is. Right. And then the rocket starts going off. It starts going up and everybody's clapping in the video. Oh, my God, this is incredible. Oh, my God, this is incredible. Oh, my God, this is incredible. Now, anybody who lives in a major city, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Miami, New York City, any city that has any uh, type of money. I'm sorry if you grew up in a poor city, but in in good cities in America, in great cities in America, on the 4th of July, you will see a lot of state. I'm assuming a statewide budget go toward um, an American fashion. Dumbass people with a lot of money lighting rockets on fire and we call them fireworks and they go into the sky and they pop and we put it on the news and everybody gets drunk and they watch and you know it's an american tradition amazing we're we're wasting money um creating light shows for the roaches it's incredible it's fucking incredible right 
flies to the fucking flame. Um, that's kind of what happened. <laughs> the rocket it fucking explodes. This is like the, the, the footage that I'm watching as well doesn't show the rocket explosion, which I appreciate. The camera was 100% of the time on the crowd where family members were there. And I was just inspecting this. It was an incredibly strange and awkward and painful thing for anybody. Even if you're not even fucking... It just happened in the 1960s, way before I was born. It's way before my mother was born. My mother was born in 71. You understand what I'm saying? Like, my grandma was a kid back then. It's I'm not attached to it at all. But it still would make you uncomfortable emotionally to watch these family members. Because it was about a two-minute period of confusion that they're looking up to this dust cloud in the sky. And they're confused. They're like... <laughs> they're like... Uh, what happened? What happened? You know, they don't want to believe it. And uh, then they come to the realization, which is very crude. The people back at the base that had those speakers uh, broadcasting the information about what was happening with the rocket, giving them the, the step by step. They had to tell the people in the crowd because it was such a shocking thing that they could not absorb that their family members just got blown to fucking smithereens in the middle of the sky. The rocket exploded and turned into dust. In mid-fucking-air. And all that it was was white smoke billowing down to the crowd. Um, so the, then the people start screaming and crying. And I found what was very, like, interesting. I thought this was, like, something, uh, like, a interesting observation. There was the mother and the father of one of the astronauts. <laughs> and as I'm watching through the entire video, there's other family members that are crying. There's other family members that are uh, you know, they look like they're about to fucking puke. They're billowed over. They can't believe it. It's shock. It's horror. It's pain. They cut right to an emotional response that you would think would be universal. If one of your loved ones just blew up in a rocket before your eyes, you'd think that you would break down emotionally in an incredible way. And there was one family in particular. It was just a mother and a father. And I, I the only thing I could read from them was embarrassment. <laughs> It was embarrassment. If you could fucking find this video, it's incredible. Like the camera keeps on panning on them and they're not really crying. It looks like they're embarrassed because they were so high. You see in the beginning of the video, I watched it about four times because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a sick son of a bitch. Um, in the beginning of the video, they're just like jaws up in the air, clenching their teeth, nostrils, just, you know what I'm saying? Open wide. Breathing in big gulps of air of pride that their child is with NASA and in a rocket going to God knows where, you know, to fucking break through the stratosphere, whatever the fuck the rockets are meant to do. Right. And that pride just followed completely with the crushing realization. <laughs> and the thing that was just interesting to me, because it's like I felt like there should have been more emotion on their part. Like my child is dead. But it, I really in that two to four minute video um, saw that some parents, they don't care about their kids. It was really a pride thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I saw what kind of parents they were. <laughs> they were like, fuck. <laughs> you got to see the video. I'm probably, I probably sound like an asshole. I am. Uh, but you know, they were just pissed because they, they took a nail. And that's how some people were. Some people don't even care about human life. They just care about taking the loss. And that, that, you know, that it was just an interesting video to watch. Very fucking interesting. How long have I been talking? Do I want to keep on talking? Sure. Let's do this. 
You know, I've given you guys a lot to fucking think about. Let's read the news. Let's let's get out of my brain. Let's see. I'm just going to read these headlines so you guys see where we're at as a society, right? And this is just my Google. It's algorithmic, so you could blame it on me. Google is studying how retarded I am and trying to give an echo chamber so that I click onto their stuff so they can sell me more things through advertisement. That's how it works. I should not be blaming. Uh, I should not be blaming society. You know, there's probably smarter people that the algorithm taps into their intellect and gives them content that is valuable. But let me read what the fuck my brain is spitting out, what my echo chamber is telling me. Admire the 3,000-year-old condom of the Egyptian pharaoh Tutankhamun. Archaeologists are amazed. So, nope, it does not, the algorithm does not reward me and my interest in ancient civilization with maybe an unveiling of a new tomb. Uh, maybe a, a different analysis of the, the genetics left behind in a mummy. You know, none of those things pops up on my algorithm. It says uh, you like ancient civilization and uh, you have a kid wear a fucking condom. So it says admire 3000 year old condom of the Egyptian pharaoh Tutankhamun. I'm very offended. Sheriff's officials investigate incident involving Kanye West in Newberry Park. I don't want any more news about Kanye West. I don't want to hear about incidents. I don't want to see paparazzi who is secretly paid under the table, follow him to some restaurant in Malibu or Calabasas, which is an insulated bubble of wealth, both neighborhoods where he's an actor and he, uh, you know, he does not employ his kids to do it. He doesn't pay them. They're not part of the, I don't know if there's like a children's uh, actors guild. They're not, you know, his daughter is not in on it, but she has to be in on it because her parents a fucking media horse. I don't want to see any more exploitation of those goddamn children. Uh, next story. Illegal migrants refuse to leave New York City Hotel for Brooklyn Migrant Relief Center. Sleep in the street. And there's a picture of people protesting. A lot of cameras. And there's a guy. Uh, he looks like he's, he's addressing the crowd. And he's standing right next to a tent. Okay. Um... This is an issue. If anybody doesn't know, you can look this up. This is actually an issue. Uh, New York City is hilarious. New York City is a typically and, uh, in, in, you know, the laws of the universe don't actually work where the pendulum would swing uh, from far left to far right. It's not typically one extreme to another, but human beings in this capitalist society uh, tend to just follow the money so much so that that's actually what happens. Overcorrections, it's just a, a super commonality in the modern day. So there was this huge issue in New York for years where they would create homeless shelters and they would create uh, uh, host, uh, halfway homes for people who just got out of prison and from uh, migrant workers, people who are legal or people who are homeless or mentally ill. And they would create these homes for them or these places to house them. And coincidentally, they always ended up in impoverished neighborhoods, typically around a public school in the hood. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's not enough that you live in a neighborhood with gangs. It's not enough that you're in abject poverty. But if you're walking to school at six in the morning, you might get stabbed by a crackhead because that's where he lives, too. Right. There's been this horrible issue where they've done this for years. It's no question why. It's very obvious if you're a logical human being, if there are people with a lot of money 
money equals influence. There's lobbyists. There are people who put money toward certain politicians. This is very understood. And so rich neighborhoods, they stay safer, they're cleaner, and they are well-policed. Complete opposite in poor neighborhoods. But what happens in the style of chasing the fucking dollar in a city like New York City when the public gets so outraged and it becomes completely undeniable that this is not only racist, it is brutal, it is dangerous for children, and it has to change. The numbers of people, the masses are awake to the fact that in New York City, one of the richest places on the globe, they are treating the the native New Yorkers, the people who live there, that they do all the jobs that nobody wants to do, that they are the real culture of this city are being screwed because their neighborhoods are infested with halfway homes and homeless shelters. The overcorrection comes that uh, during the pandemic, um, they decided to take hotels in Manhattan that are worth billions of fucking dollars that, you know what I'm saying? These multi-million dollar hotels annually grossing millions and millions and millions of fucking dollars and fill them up with homeless people because that's the solution. That's the solution. Not stopping racist practices, not, um, you know, maybe finding a neighborhood that is not close to public schools where children have to be around homeless people or people who just got out of prison. The solution is, okay, these guys got fucked. Now we got to fuck these guys. It's just retardation. I do not agree with putting hostels and homeless shelters or using hotels in Manhattan as homeless shelters or putting them in rich neighborhoods because they made a booboo on this side. It's the same thing, I think, with the under-policing, over-policing bullshit. Stop and frisk was a horrible thing in Manhattan. It was a horrible thing in New York City in general. And the overcorrection for brutal racism became tying police's hands behind their, their back. And you saw what happened to New York City homeless guys kicking Chinese ladies onto the train tracks. Both sides are fucking stupid. Can somebody competent uh, make a better decision? That's what I have to say about that. Let's read another goddamn story, right? You guys are having fun? Look at this, Michael B. Jordan, once again, to preface this, you know, I just read Michael B. Jordan. Um, so I know this is gonna be bullshit uh, because why do I have to learn about him? He's an actor. I don't, I don't give a shit about his personal life. Nothing against the guy, nothing against the guy. Go get your money. I just don't know why this algorithm is choosing to shove this down my fucking throat. Michael B. Jordan, on his Saturday Night Live monologue, confirms that he's single. Fields dating and marriage offers from cast. Okay, this is like, this isn't, you know, this is where the algorithm is still inaccurate. I can't see what about this for a guy like me would make me want to click this. You know, I have a lot of faith an algorithmic technology that is getting so refined and advanced that it's not only at a, at a level of piquing somebody's interest to allow them to click that clickbait, doing the job for Google so that Google can continue getting money from the advertisers and sell me a product that I'm very uh, likely to buy. You know, I, I appreciate that, but this is where refinement needs to continue because I'm not, I'm not part of any demographic that would click this. Michael B. Jordan's Saturday Night Live monologue confirms that he's single. Fields dating and marriage offers from cast. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. I've seen a couple of his movies. He's, he's decent. Um, I guess he's a good looking guy. I don't like penis. I don't like. <laughs> it's not my thing. I'm not curious if the guy is single. And then I also wonder what demographic this is for that they missed. 
This has to be for broken women who picked the wrong guy. And, uh, <laughs> but their traditions or their low psychological ceilings don't allow them to leave that guy. And so their life has been reduced to looking at a guy who is way beyond their fucking capability of getting. Michael B. Jordan is way beyond the capability of a lot of women holding down because the women don't want him. And the way this ad is prefacing, you know, uh, its statement, it's not about a sexual encounter, right? This is about marriage. He's fielding dating and marriage offers. This is like a little subliminal for, for a particular type of woman who's broken, who only has in her life uh, left just some fantasies. In the in-between moments of her day, she has potential fantasies where she can dream that she was not only um, in line to marry, she, she's of the caliber to marry Michael B. Jordan, but that she's an, a, a cast member of SNL. I don't know who this is for. It's not for fucking me. This one is for me. NBA trade deadline. Three new rumors for OG Ananobi. Great fucking name. Jay Crowder and Jacob Peotul. I don't know who the fuck that guy is. He sounds uh, Brazilian. NBA trade deadline. You guys know who I'm a fucking fan of. I'm a LeBron stan. There was a controversial call in a previous game that I thought was fucking ridiculous. Regardless, they lost in overtime. Got to move on. I still like my Lakers. The Western Conference is fucking tough. They need to win every game that they can. I still like potential trades. I like this Rui Hachimuri kid. He's Japanese. I saw him talk to the press. Very intelligent. Very savvy. Very aware. Also extremely young. I like the guy. I think he can handle the bright lights of Los Angeles. I think he can handle the condescending brainwashing media. You understand what I'm saying? I think he can handle the pressure. I think he's a gamer. I think he gets it. I like him. Need more like that. Need more like that. I want the Lakers to win. Um, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to sports, I've learned to take what's given. I've learned to take what's given. It is a business at the end of the day. We have to remember this. You know, let, let me let me transition from this. I'm going to stop reading the fucking goddamn news. Uh, yesterday was football Sunday, the most American day of the fucking week. Not church Sunday, not Jesus Sunday, football Sunday. I've realized that I'm not as American as I thought I was. I'm not as American as I thought I was. If you are a New Yorker, if you're a native New Yorker, you're not the most American guy. You know what I'm saying? New York is such a bubble of craziness. There's so many different cultures. There's so many different practices. It's it's really a rat race. It is 100 fucking percent the matrix on steroids. That's not really what America is. America is something that I'm learning. I live in Georgia. I've been living in Georgia for about three years. And I didn't grow up watching football. In Georgia, football is Jesus Christ. It's not he's higher than Jesus Christ. <laughs> it is not uh, he's the second son of God. It, he is Jesus Christ. Football is God in the South. And what I'm slowly starting to realize is that there is a importance in educating yourself about the sport of football, because without it, living in the South in most areas in America, you will be like a tourist. You'll be like a chicken without a head. You'll look like one of those guys in Times Square, one of those European guys who's like six foot seven and his whole family looks like a fucking starting five for the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Just humongously tall European people and they go to Manhattan and they buy 
uh, $12 hot dogs. They just get fucking conned out of their ass. They go to fucking Uniglo and they ball the fuck out. And then they stare at the top of tall buildings like retards. That's what you would essentially be in any other part of the country if you don't know football. So I'm trying to educate myself. Yesterday was football Sunday and I watched some football. I must say, I'm not the biggest fan of football. I didn't grow up playing it. It's not burnt in my fucking psyche. Um, it's a complicated game. It's an interesting game. I From the two games that I saw yesterday, they were the AFC and the NFC um, playoff games. It was the Eagles uh, slapping the fuck out of the 49ers, beating the shit out of the fucking 49ers. Shout out to Philly. Uh, I, I would say that Philly needs it, but Philly don't need to celebrate right now. Philly needs to go to rehab. Philly needs to reflect <laughs> and slow down whatever consumption of high-calorie food, uh, lots of fucking alcohol, and whatever amphetamines that they're snorting up their asshole. Philadelphia is a party motherfucking city. And I was, so, I was watching the post-celebration, uh, you know, celebration, not the players winning that little fucking trophy, getting ready to go to the Super Bowl. I was watching drunk people in Philadelphia. Uh, one guy in particular, he was... You can find this online as well. This guy was fucking dressed like uh, the lead singer of Pearl Jam. He had a, a hoodie tied around his waist and a flannel shirt. And he was on a 30-foot lamppost, um, basically tightrope walk, walking on the fucking extension out to the light. Um, ready to commit suicide. Was drinking a beer while he was doing it. Uh, Philly, please take it fucking easy. You know, I don't know if I want them to win the Super Bowl. Cut to the next game. It was Chiefs. And um, the Buccaneers. So this was an interesting game. It was actually a great game. It was an excellent fucking game. Back and forth. Uh, it was tightly called. The referee definitely had his hand in it. And um, great officiating. And this kid, man. I saw him a couple years ago. I'm not a huge NFL fan. But when you see somebody that's special. When you see somebody that's a gamer. That they understand the game. And they're ready to play it to win. You got to fucking take your hat off. And there's this kid, Patrick Mahomes. Holy shit. This guy's in fucking incredible. I saw him a couple years. I think it was actually last year when they lost. And I don't even remember who they played. I'm not really fucking a big football guy. But he made a play that just from like a, a sports, a general sports view, just from understanding athleticism, understanding accuracy, and just, you know what I'm saying? Seeing something that you could see. Even if you're not an expert observer of the sport, you just know, oh shit, I, I could never fucking do that. And probably most human beings can't do that. He did like a fucking, he was getting sacked and he fucking 360 spin while he was falling to the ground through a fucking dart to the receiver right in his goddamn chest. I saw that last year and I was like, okay, this kid is fucking nasty. I know he's won a Super Bowl in the past as well. I watched that one. And um, I've been to Kansas City, Missouri. And they need any win they can get. They need any win they can get. They're not like Philly. They're not going to go fucking uh, stomp out uh, bus stops or get into fights or throw up on each other. You know what I'm saying? That's not Kansas City. They're going to get drunk. They're going to have a good time. But that is a sad city. They need morale. Um, <laughs> they need any morale they can fucking get. Um, that being said, I think I'm a fan of football. I think I'm a fan of football. I was watching those games yesterday. Eagles just fucked the shit out of the 49ers. Just beat the fuck out of them. And the close game between the Bengals and the Chiefs. And all I could think was, this is fucking America. It's an America that I've not fucking experienced growing up. And to come to the realization 
that this is what most Americans are doing on their Sunday, it gives me a different purview, a different perspective into reality. I have to say 100% excellent programming. Excellent fucking programming. I've never seen anything like this. You know what I'm saying? I watched the Super Bowl before. I've watched, you know, major sports my entire life, mostly NBA. I, you know, but to watch this AFC, NFC playoff, to, you know, see how much it means, to see how American it is. Even like the difference in broadcasting, the channels. I think it was Fox that had um, the Philly game. And I was listening to the announcers. They were, I preferred that from an announcing perspective because I'm a 30-year-old guy. It was way more entertaining. Sounds like there was a more youthful perspective. I like listening when I'm watching like basketball. I want the announcers to be screaming. I want the announcers to be screaming. If it's a, a you know well-spoken individual, I prefer like a Marv Albert. You know what I'm saying? Like I like either like crazy or super knowledgeable basketball guys. I feel like that was the um, the first... The, the one on Fox. And then I watched the, the second game on CBS. And I really got like a, a perspective into like this older world of like old guys who've been watching football. It's interesting, man. It's fucking interesting. It was like tailored toward this old guy watching the game, uh, really analyzing different aspects of the game. Uh, everything was tailored toward that vision. And I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I will be back obviously for the Super Bowl, but I might pick up fucking watching football. I might get into that level of programming because, whoa, very different to how I fucking grew up and very interesting to know that this is what Americans are doing instead of worshiping white Christ on a Sunday evening. What they are doing is watching um, black men and white men. It's like a Martin Luther King dream. I don't remember how the speech goes. He's like, one day, uh, black men and white men will be uh, on the field together collectively creating a lot of brain damage or whatever the fuck the dream was, right? You watch it and you realize, holy shit, this is incredible, you know? It was, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Um, America. Fucking America. Ladies and gentlemen, I think I left you with a lot. I've been talking a lot today. I'm not going to wrap up everything. I'm not going to wrap. I'm going to leave loose ends. I'm going I'm to allow you to come to your own fucking conclusion. But what I will do is I will thank you. If you have been a continual listener to the Nothing Important Podcast, I want to thank you sincerely. Continue listening. Do me a favor. Go on to my Instagram. Like the post. Like the reels. Until next time.